The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. A spate of synthetic heroin overdoses over the weekend has brought the drug back into the headlines. 54 overdose presentations were reported in total, giving many who know the city's history a terrifying flashback to the heroin epidemic of the 1980s. Our reporter Sarah Madden has been investigating the lasting legacy of drugs in the capital, where experts warn that the worst may yet be to come. This isn't a story about the Middle East. It is from the mosques that opposition to the Shah is being led by puritanical Shiite Muslims. It's not a cautionary tale of automation and unemployment. The world is waking up to the potential and the dangers of the most advanced forms of artificial intelligence. And though both are relevant to today's news cycle, this is not just a story of now. The very end of the 70s, early 80s was when the drugs problem was really beginning to impact in this area. It's a history of heroin in Ireland. There was always at least a death a day from overdose. The devastation it caused one community. There's homes getting broken into. There's police arresting me son. And the lessons and legacy to be learned from today. Yeah, well, the north inner city um, before the heroin epidemic would have been very uh, vibrant, close-knit communities. Former Lord Mayor of Dublin, Christy Burke, grew up in the Hardwick Street flats. We mightn't have had much, but we had that camaraderie or togetherness. Weddings were a great tradition. There was always a grushy of money. The groom, or the bride in some cases, they would have all their loose change in their hand. And the kids would all gather around to see the bride coming down the stairs, getting into a car, maybe led by her father. um, And she would throw money or the father would throw whatever loose change. And there would be a rush, a grushy, it was called, a grush. Funerals were the same. You know, you had to wake for maybe three nights and the, the death notice would go on the wall at the entrance to the flats, a cart. There was all of that type of culture was going on that was the norm so yeah and then of course it was struck struck firstly with rapid unemployment there was men on the docks called button men they were given first priority in jobs on the docks but you could hand that down if you took sick or died to your son so the container traffic eliminated all of that and you could see that getting bigger and bigger and bigger you could see less boats trucks that was all gone. So the unemployment began to rise and rise. The dole queues became longer, from what I can recollect. You could see men all standing at corners. As the docks automated in Dublin, a revolution was breaking out in Iran, eventually toppling the Iranian royal family in 1979. Desperate to bring his fortune with him into exile, the Shah is said to have liquidated part of his assets into the heroin that would soon flood Europe. There's handbags getting robbed. There's homes getting broken into. There's police arresting my son. Uh, my son is robbing. Our jewellery is going missing. Kids were getting sick. Kids were vomiting on the stairs. Mothers didn't know what to do. GPs were telling them, you know, they were pretty ill. Some of them were now developing the virus, HIV. There was women saying, I'm trying to buy Fiseptone. It's £100 a bottle, so I'm on the town selling my body to get £100 to keep my son and my daughter in the bedroom locked in. Have you ever been to a home where the two sons and two daughters have died in a week, three weeks? Have you ever been where you had to carry your mother up away from a grave? She wanted to be buried with her son or daughter. And that's what was happening. 
I would have been really loved heroin. Um, I loved it and I've no way, and that's the effect it had on me, you know. Bernard grew up in Dublin's Liberties during the heroin epidemic in the 80s. I suppose a um, family member would have been dependent on heroin um, in the early, late 80s. So I suppose it would have been in my community. So I would experiment with, with heroin probably around 15, 14, 15, and then I came dependent on it at around 16. At the stage, my father would have passed away, and I really became my best friend, became my lover, in a kind of way, but it helped me cope with the grief of the loss of my father. With my mother and the thing, I broke a heart. I ended up doing a robbery and I got caught. And the judge locked me up for four years. You know, I was in a relationship for a long period of time as well through that. And I had a daughter as well in that relationship. And that girl turned around and says, look, if you relapse again, um, it's over. And I didn't think she'd ever finish it with me. And she finished it with me. I walked down my house, you know, and I decided to live homeless. I lived on Grant Street, so I was injecting crack cocaine and heroin. I wasn't taking the drug this time to actually the function. I was taking it to die. Um, and then my sister found me in the laneway and brought me home. The response to addiction, detox and recovery at the time Bernard got into heroin was very different to how it is now. This is the alcohol detox unit here, which we have 12 beds. And then in the drug uh, detox unit, we have six beds. We have a nurse here, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So she keeps an eye on both sides and we have a visiting GP five days a week as well. Nicola Kelly is head of house at Coonwira, an addiction recovery provider with multiple centres across Ireland. Sister Concilio started the centre in response to the heroin epidemic of the 80s. Niall is a present patient in a thigh. Well, heroin brought me to my knees. Um, same drug that I lost my brother to seven years ago. Um, he would have started out fairly early on that as well when he was 13 and died of an overdose. And I was dabbling in it myself since 2016. The last seven, eight months, I, um, I ended up homeless in a hostel and started smoking heroin every day to escape from what was going on in my head and eventually ended up getting strung out on it myself and the Tuesday I was due to come in here I arrived at the gate that Friday trying to get in just literally on my knees begging for help but the place was at full capacity and there was nothing I could do until that Tuesday. Nicola says demand for treatment has never been greater. But it isn't heroin most need help with. The phone never stops ringing. I had one girl working on admissions across the yard. I now have three girls over there. There's actually an epidemic of cocaine out there. And it's very scary from where we are standing. We do not have enough beds here to cater for the people that are looking to come in here. We really, really don't. We could build another Coomera tomorrow here, another centre here and fill it. That's how many people we have ringing here on a daily basis. Yeah, we could fill another Coomera tonight. I'm Kevin. I'm 34. This is my second time here. I finished my first programme in June of this year and I relapsed six hours after I left. I'm addicted to cocaine. I've been taking cocaine for 16 years. I started when I was 18 and it just generally got worse. I wouldn't go out to socialise. I just stayed by myself in a room, turned my phone off, completely paranoid, psychosis. Um, to come back to treatment the second time is very difficult. 
my first weekend detox last time, I would have, the thought of taking drugs again was no way. Now, I'm imagining taking coke off that table all the time. I just, I've, I've had enough, you know, I'm tired. I'm 34. What is going on? You know, I like to go back to when I was 18, meeting women, having the crack and with the lads. and They're all married. Have kids. They could put it down. I can't. Synthetic versions of drugs like cocaine and heroin are becoming more prevalent on the market, in part due to the Taliban crackdown on drug growing and selling in Afghanistan. Christy Burke says there's reason to be even more fearful of this latest drug epidemic. As I said, it's worse today because it's more sophisticated. It can be done online. Uh, it's nearly like a, deli- a delivery with a curry coming to your door. You know, I'm sure they have that facility. Um, you have places set up as fronts. We all see that. You see catches in the sea of our seas uh, and there's heroin and cocaine, you know, getting dumped overboard. That tells you what's getting in. On a hopeful note, however, Bernard has come a long way since his sister found him homeless in a laneway, heroin dependent and infected with hep C. I'm a peer support worker within a hospital setting um, and I go out into the community looking for people with hepatitis C to engage them with the services uh, and getting treated for hepatitis C. And even with myself, rebuilt relationships with my daughters. I rebuilt a relationship with my family, my external family. I am proud of myself, you know, kind of way. Sometimes I do forget about to actually put, give myself a pat on the back, you know, kind of way. But never give up on yourself, you know. Um, and it's not only they should never give up on, but a person what actually sees that person never give up on them, you know, kind of way. Um, just don't judge them. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't define who the person is. The, the behaviour of taking drugs. Behind all that, there's actually a nice person that is lost. And that report from uh, Sarah Madden. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.